Welcome to Poptopia. Welcome to Poptopia, your podcast for all things pop culture. I'm your host, Paul French, and it is Friday, February 29th. Don't get to say that too often, do you? On today's show, NBC puts a cork in quarter life, looks to maybe keep Friday Night Lights, and makes some changes to the way that they present the new TV season. Okay, so uh, let's start off with uh, with quarter life. Uh, actually, first of all, uh, you'll you'll hear there's an actual voice now, as opposed to last week when, uh, or the, the two weeks ago when I actually, you know, sent you that sort of raspy, uh, um, you know, I'm still alive episode. And uh, last week it was just there was just no way um, it would have sounded like a collection of croaks, and that's just no good. So let's talk quarter life. Uh, this was, of course, uh, the uh, internet to TV experiment uh, from the creators of Thirty Something, uh, Once and Again, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, anyway, uh, if you caught it uh, the other day, then uh, then you, then you know you're lucky uh, because, or or maybe not, maybe not, maybe that's how how it goes. But at any rate, uh, it's it's not going to be on anymore. Um, I, I caught a little bit of it, maybe the first ten minutes or so, and and it really didn't grab my interest. I mean, I, I'm I'm a fan of the uh, of the Herskovitz and, and Zwick series. Um, you know, I I, I like the other stuff. I really loved uh, Once and Again, um, and and you could see those elements of it, just the way it was shot. But uh, yeah, just nothing nothing really grabbed me. Um, so the whole thing was basically started um, uh, on the internet and. Um, and was really sort of it was reworked uh, from a pilot that ABC had rejected a few seasons ago. So what they did is they took this and they they reworked it into a series of little eight minute shorts. And basically, the one character is a video blogger, and she tells you a little bit about people in her life and that kind of thing. And uh, it did hugely well uh, on the internet. You know, lots of people talking about it, all that kind of thing. Uh, however, uh, when they finally said, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to cut these together into hour-long episodes and uh, and air it. There's going to be six uh, six episodes, and we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, so they aired it at 9 p.m. Uh, Sunday, and um, it, it, it really didn't do well. Uh, in fact, it, it drew a 3.1 million, uh, 3.1 million viewers in its debut, and this was actually at 10 p.m., was the, when the first one aired. And I think the rest of it, it was going to be the, the 9 p.m. Sunday time slot. Um, this is uh, apparently the worst in-season performance in the 10 p.m. hour by an NBC show in at least 17 years. Now, if we count back 17 years, okay, we're a few years after the last writer's strike, but let's face it, you, you can't compare, you're not comparing apples to apples here. Uh, you know, these are these are completely different things when you when you compare sort of what happened to this TV season, where, where people have just lost that expectation of of things being on at, at, at different times. And basically, you know, some people followed it, most people didn't, and uh, and so they're kind of, oh, the strike's over. Okay, so when's Lost back? Oh, it's already back? Oh, okay, great. And that's that's kind of the thought process for a lot of people. So um, Herskovitz, Marshall Herskovitz uh, of Herskovitz and Zwick, uh, was, was quite optimistic about the show's prospects before it premiered. He said, what we're doing, which started out to be an internet-only show and now has this television component, is part of some, I think, hybrid purpose that will continue for the next few years. And, uh, you know, so, so, I mean, they were looking at something different. There was a lot of talk about this kind of thing during the writer's strike about... Uh, about you know, production companies trying stuff out online and doing that kind of thing. And there's been a lot of things, you know, with webisodes of different series and that sort of thing in, in kind of taking that hybrid approach. But this was this was huge because this was something that started on the web and then made its way to uh, to to the network. 
Anyway, following the premiere, Herskovitz had really changed his mind. He said, it never should have been a network show. It's far too specific. Um, and he said, for the first three minutes of watching the show on TV, he knew it wasn't right. And uh, so a bold new experiment, but, you know, hey, it's a first try. It's a first try, and, uh, and you know, it, it, people take what they learn from these things and, and try different things. One of the things was that that core audience that was so rabid online well, they've already seen it. So why are they going to watch it on TV? Well, I might think that they might say, hey, maybe we can sort of keep this thing going. But at any rate, basically, they're like, no, we kind of got the thing that we that we enjoyed, and, and that's it. So I'm um, not really interested in seeing it in a different format. So maybe there's a, a, little, a little thing to take caution in. Uh, Friday Night Lights, of course, finished its run. They actually, talk about efficient, um, between having to go over and help run uh, Bionic Woman and all that kind of stuff, they still managed to get 15 episodes knocked out um, in, in before the strike happened. That's huge. I'm not sure how many they actually had to shoot during that time, but they certainly had the 15 scripts done and ready to go. And, um, I mean, that's just, that's just massive. Now... That said, ratings not so great. Um, you know, the the it, it averaged about six point two million viewers per uh, per week over its fifteen episodes, and the last one was particularly low. Uh, somewhere, uh, actually, I guess for for what they're used to was a little bit higher, but but yeah, it's it's not great. And NBC, you know, the NBC's used to like, hey, you know, remember when when we were like top of the pile, and it was always you know Seinfeld, Friends, and ER swapping the, the top spot well those days are done friends and Seinfeld are gone and er i mean come on it's uh you know it's speaking of uh someone someone should have signed a dnr on that yeah see what i did there a little medical yeah uh anyway um they're used to much higher numbers and that just isn't the case with this show and so there's been talk about uh you know going to the cw uh tnt um even going to Comcast, which owns E and G4, about sharing a season. So they would share the costs of it and, and take it from there. So uh, no no sort of word on whether or not that's going to happen. Um, the one thing to think of is that 6.2 million was up about 250,000 viewers on average compared to last season. Um, and they did a 2.2 with, uh, with the key 18 to 49 demographic. Again, not great. But the, the thing that is working in its favor is it does well among high-income high viewers, and that's something that could definitely work in its favor. Uh, you know, I know for me, I watched The Odd One last year. I, I, I really liked the movie, but I wasn't sure I'd like it as a, as a series. And I uh, watched a few and thought, man, this is really good. Uh, but, you know, didn't sort of keep with it. I ended up picking up the DVD and uh, did not miss an episode of the second season. The second season was was pretty good. Not quite to the level of that first one uh they you know kind of i think they kind of got forced to key in a lot of sort of soap opera type uh um storylines that uh that kind of took away from it because that's really not what the show was about but uh hopefully uh hopefully we'll be back for third season in some way you know when you talk about these um co-productions law and order criminal intent actually did this for a while where the new episodes would de debut on the uh, usa network and then be shown on nbc and perhaps that kind of thing can happen, you know, maybe with someone like, say, ESPN. I mean, wouldn't that be a great fit? Anyway, so that's that's where that is. Now, speaking of NBC and, uh, you know, trying different things, uh, they are basically going to go with a different way of uh, of 
selling their commercial time. They've said that they're going to unveil their primetime schedule in a series of one-on-one meetings with advertisers in April. So remember I said about the upfronts being gone? Well, they kind of are. I don't think we're, you know, and and we're certainly not going to see it this year, but maybe next year there'll be that that whole big, you know, lots of uh, lots of big uh, platters of shrimp and everything, and people uh, talking about buying money on the next big uh, next big thing. Uh, but they are saying that they will they will basically meet one on one. They will showcase their advertising opportunities available on the network, uh, as well as for NBC News, CNBC, NBC Sports, uh, the NBC Universal Cable Networks, i.e., Sci-Fi, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but really, this changes that that format. You know, where, where it used to be the big show, lots of shrimp, um, and then they'd ha- they'd show everything sort of in front of everybody. It had the, all the press there as well, and then they would uh, meet with the advertisers. And generally speaking, they sell about nine billion dollars uh, in in deals for primetime TV. Uh, CBS and uh, Fox and ABC are still planning to move ahead with the more conventional uh, format, but NBC is really trying to take themselves out of that. And that's going to be really interesting to see, sort of see how that goes. Um, you know, one of the things with the upfronts is is that's what really when the hype starts. You know, that's when people start getting interest in what's interested in what's coming up. Um, again, not the general public, but a lot of people really follow that stuff and, and are really interested. And that's where a lot of the buzz for a show starts. So when they if, when they close these proceedings, does that mean that they uh, will not be able to generate that buzz? And that's really what's going to be interesting about this. And this is, of course, uh, Jeff Zucker, who has said, you know, he wants the company to pr- take a different approach to the upfront format. And uh, in fact, they'd expected him to cancel uh, a May presentation altogether. But, uh, you know, when you've got the other networks there, and, and let's face it, NBC's been struggling to beat Fox anyway. Um, you know, in, in the it used to be the three-network system, and then they would say, well, yeah, there's the fourth, but, you know, Fox doesn't really count. Well, now it's NBC that doesn't really count. Because if you look at the season-to-date ratings, it, 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 goes, it, it, it doesn't include NBC in that top three. And I'd say that's a pretty big deal. And if I were NBC, I'd be pretty concerned about that. So it'll be very interesting to sort of see how that all how that all happens out. And of course, when we get to upfronts and all that kind of thing, we'll 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 be talking about it in detail. Uh, the FCC has rejected the NYPD Blue appeal. Yeah, I know. Isn't this funny? I'm doing a story on NYPD Blue, which was actually done before I started doing this podcast several years ago or three years ago. Was it? Th- it was three years ago. Wow. Um, so uh, the FCC had taken this five-year-old episode of NYPD Blue and, uh, and said, you can see Charlotte Ross's naked butt. That's, that's terrible. It's clearly a sexualized thing. Now, the whole bit of that story was that, uh, that uh, Sipowitz's son uh, walks into the bathroom and she's in the shower. And they said that that was clearly a sexualized um, uh, showing of, of, of her butt. Clearly sexualized with a, a little kid in, their, in the room. And that's definitely not what they were going for. They were going for the, 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 the awkwardness of that moment when the kid walks in and sees his dad's new girlfriend naked in the shower. You know, whoops. It was not meant to be sexualized. And, and uh, you know, that's just... I, I would be more concerned about what the, what the uh, people in the FCC have on their minds, you know? I don't know. It's all pretty disturbing. What happened is uh, ABC had basically said, okay, we're going to pay the fine so that we can appeal. So the, the, there's 40 affiliates who have to pay $27,500 each uh, for airing this episode in February, on February 25th, 2003. Okay, so it was like eight months before I started doing this show that, that uh, this episode aired. Um, 
The total fine is going to be about $1.2 million. There's a handful of stations that were initially left, uh, left named in the case, but they got, they got left off the hook for having to pay this. And that was in uh, uh, KTKA in uh, Topeka, Kansas, and KFBB in Great Falls, Montana. Um, they actually were able to have their broadcast licenses renewed since the offending episode, which means that the statute of limitations to issue a fine had expired. Five years it took them to get to this? Come on! I don't even know if the show's in, in syndication anywhere right now, you know, especially those later seasons. Uh, so here, here's what, here's what the, from the official ruling, uh, or from the initial finding, sorry, uh, the, the, the depiction of Ross's uh, bare backside constitutes explicit and graphic depictions of sexual organs, which falls outside the uh, decency parameters the commission sets. ABC and the affected stations argued that they were not able to give enough uh, time to respond to the complaint. Uh, they were given 17 days instead of the usual 30 and complained that the scene was not intended to shock viewers, which is another test that the FCC looks at in applying these kind of ratings or uh, these kind of indecency rulings. And so basically the commission said, no, we're not listening to those arguments. They upheld the fine and... Um, you know, most of the affected stations were in central and mountain time zones, so they aired the episode at 9 p.m. Of course, in the eastern uh, and Pacific time zones, they aired it at 10, uh, 10 p.m., where it's a little bit a bit, little bit more lenient. But, wow, just wow. I mean, is it just me, or is this just further proof that the, uh, that the FCC, as far as being the arbiters of what is uh, decent, is just completely out to lunch? So... Yeah, that's kind of where it stands. And uh, and gra- explicit and graphic depictions of sexual organs. They showed her ass. That tells you where the uh, FCC is at on all this kind of stuff, huh? All right. Um, of course, uh, last week, or yeah, last week, uh, Toshiba announced that they will no longer manufacture HD DVDs, which basically ends the long-running battle with the rival uh, Blu-ray for the dominant high-definition format. Basically, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of the studios had had decided that they were going to go Blu-ray, and that's the way it was going to happen. And um, and also major retailers, you know, the main one being Walmart, of course, uh, have said, yeah, we're going to go with with Blu-ray instead. So essentially, what that uh, what that did is uh, is really just killed that market. Now. Who wins? Who loses? Well, obviously, uh, Toshiba at some point is going to probably get into producing some uh, some Blu-ray technology so that they continue to stay in the in the uh, consumer electronics realm with uh, with a, a high def uh, DVD player, and that's probably going to be a little while. Uh, but what about the consumers? You know, the, the people who bought HD DVD players over the last uh, over the holidays and stuff. Well, they get the sales, clearance of all kinds of HD DVD stuff. Wow, I can't believe that uh, that, that already finished. That's, that's all the time we got for today. Comments, as always, are welcome at poptopiapodcast at gmail.com. Check out the forum at forum.poptopiapodcast.com. Have a great week.